Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Hey, good morning, Faith Life Church. We want to welcome you to church today. We want to welcome all the people watching interstate and overseas. We know that today you're going to be blessed. God's going to take you on another level today. You are going to experience the ultimate power of God because our God is an amazing God. Last week, we, we started a new journey, a, a series of faith in famine, preparing to increase and not decrease. I believe that our God, our God, never, never, ever plans for decrease. He's always increasing, increasing, increasing. The Word of God tells us that His kingdom is never going to come to an end. So there's always increase. So as you and I start to move in the power of God, in the kingdom of God, we need to be prepared for increase. So the way to pre- the way we start to be prepared for increase is that we stop planning that things are going to decrease. So within our thinking, within our faith, there's an expectation that says every single day I expect to increase. Everything that I possess, I expect to increase. I expect my world to enlarge. I expect good things to come down to me because there's faith in famine. So what does that mean to you? It means that in an environment that is not conducive to growth, that you are still growing. Where everybody else is decreasing, you are increasing. And today we want to show you this. I believe God wants to download something to you. It's a superior way to live, a superior way to live. In the world, you might not have choices, but as a born-again believer, you have a choice. You have a choice whether to increase or decrease. It's something that's, that's always amazing with people is that if you start to live in a sense, well, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't got a choice. So you think that all, my life is predictable and there is no choice. But the Word of God is so amazing. The Word of God is so profound that in every given circumstances, you have a choice. Whatever it be, whether it be physical, emotional, financial, whatever category your problem might be in, when you come to face it, you have a choice. You have a choice whether you're going to go forward or backwards. The scripture we used last week was this. In Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 and 2 says this, A severe famine now struck the land that had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Guru, where, in Abelak, where, where Abelak, the king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Don't go down to Egypt. Do as I tell you. And what was amazing was this, is if you just take that sentence there, do as I tell you, they are in a severe famine, but God interrupts him and he gives Isaac a choice. So here's Isaac. 
He's on his way. He camps at Gur. And, and, and then God comes in and he gives him a choice. Today, I believe that the Holy Spirit is coming before us and giving us a choice. And the choice is, do we want to decrease or do we want to increase? Do we want a better way of doing life or do we want to go the way that we are headed? So he steps in there. And because Isaac listened he gets this in, in uh, verse 12 and 13 of the same chapter says this. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he had planted. For the Lord blessed him. He became very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. So his, God was blessing him. A famine came in. Others have stopped growing, but because Isaac listened to God, took on what God had told him, he responded to his word. The Bible says that his wealth, his growth, his momentum hadn't stopped. And I love what it says here. The scripture says that, it says, first of all, says that the same famine as was with Abraham. Now, we understand something here, that Abraham was a covenant man. That, he, that God, he had entered into an agreement with God. So Abraham, when we talk about Abraham, you are never to think about Abraham as living alone, living on his own ability. Because Abraham, before he was Abraham, he was Abram. We don't, and, and he wasn't going to too many places. He had issues. He had needs. But God came to him. And what we're going to find out when we start to study Abraham, as we start to see the covenant, is this, is that God always makes a way when you hit a famine. So God has always been prepared. God has always mentioned. God has always stepped in that in every famine, you can still keep increasing. Whether it be a financial famine, whether it be an emotional famine, whether it be a famine of lack of love, lack of companionship, lack of relationship, whatever it might be, in every famine, God steps in and gives us a better way to do life. There's always another way. There's always a better way. Now, I want you to understand that when you understand the covenant, it gives you the reason, an invitation for a higher expectation than the environment that you live in. When we start thinking about the covenant, it's not just a bunch of words, but it's a lifestyle that you get up in the morning, you get up in every circumstance, and you go, the covenant is your personal guaranteed invitation for a breakthrough. So when you hear about the word covenant, it's got nothing to do with person's ability or what you have. It's God giving a personal invitation for a breakthrough. Now listen, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, says this, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country. Now just stop there for a moment. The Bible says, Leave your country. Watch this. Every time... God says to you, I want you to leave a certain place. It is an invitation to a new place, 
a better place, a place of increase. See, God never takes you out to demote you. God always takes to a place of promotion. So what God says, every time God says, I want you to leave this. I want you to leave this behavior. I want you to leave this lifestyle. It's not an invitation for a decrease. It's always an invitation for an increase. So every time you hear the word, and God called him out, God called Abram out to bless him, but he also called Abram out to bless you. So when God comes up, he's starting a huge journey. He's going to go, Abraham, you're, Abraham, you're living this way. You're working this way. You're believing this way. But I'm calling you out because I'm bringing you into a better way. And from the relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I, will, and I am the one who curses um, those that curse you. And in your families, you, all the families in the world will be blessed because of you. Now, put this into context. Is God takes Abraham. He takes him out. He puts him here, and he says, Now, Abraham, this is the contract. Your position is to listen and respond. My position is to give you a promise and, and also give and also have the ability for you to fulfill that promise. So what God does when it comes to, uh, when we start thinking about covenant, it, God says, your position is to stand Listen and respond. My position is to give you the promise, also the ability for the fulfillment of promise. So when you enter into a covenant, what God says, I will have and do the ability part to make sure that what I have promised you, I will do it. So God, so there's Abraham, he's standing, and God is the one that's going, now Abraham, I will do this. I will do that. Notice what the scripture says. I will show you. I will make you. I will bless you. You shall be a blessing. I will bless. I will. I will. So here's the context. When you start to hear the word covenant, it is what God is going to do and also what God has done. So the amazing part about this, the scripture says the key to living in a famine but not being affected by it, doing the opposite to what the famine wants to do, is this part called covenant. Covenant. Now, watch, these are the things that you can expect. See, God's covenant, number one, is permanent. When God, the, the covenant is so permanent, it cannot be changed. So now, because you have a permanent covenant, is God has already answered your prayer before you have asked. So in other words, people that had understand covenant never ask these questions. God, do you, do, is it your will to heal me? 
God, is it your will to prosper me? God, is it your will to expand me? God, is it your will? When God said to Abram, Abram, I will make your name great. All the families in the globe are going to be blessed because of what you do. It is that it is permanent. Number one, when God says yes, it's yes. So number one, it's permanent. Number two, it's unconditional. All Abram did was to stand there and go, God, I believe and I will respond. God speaks, he responds. So it's unconditional. It means this, all, I don't have to do for God to do something. I just respond to what he has already said. Number three, it's based on faith. It's not based on works. It's based on this. The way Abram, turning to Abraham, became a famine breaker was he believed what God has spoken. Again, God is speaking. Abraham is responding in faith. He's going, hey, I agree with this and I'm going to act on it. I believe. So it was based on faith. Number four, it was based on the promise of God. So God promised it. So you've got amazing this. God's blessings are permanent. God's blessings are unconditional. God's blessings are based on faith. God's blessings are based on His promise. I want you to put this down into your thinking. It wasn't Abram that found God, worked out a principal method on how do I get God to bless me. It was God that found Abram and gave him everything. So it's never, never flip it away around. It is because of this. Put this into your spirit. God always initiates the blessing. God always initiates the breakthrough. The Bible even tells us that the lamb, Jesus himself, was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So the answer for the problem was there before the problem was created. See, your breakthrough in your famine is not being made now. It's already happened. The amazingness of our God, the immensity of our God is this, is that God answers before you ask. God gives before you have a need. God always responds even before you have a chance to ask. So all God, our Father, is always the initiator. So what you have here right now is that Isaac understands this. Isaac is in line with this. Isaac has a covenant. So what happens to him? He's going to this place called Gur, and God interrupts him. The reason he's going to Gur is because of this. See, the word famine is this. It's what used to work no longer works. The seasons are out of order. The environment has changed. Famine makes you look for answers. Is because what you are doing no longer works. The environment that made it work no longer exists. And the conditions for you to prosper have changed. So when you put all these things together, you go, everything I am doing has that produces in my life, that produces in my company, that produces in my relationships, 
have now ceased to be. I'm working really hard, but I'm not getting anything. See, famine doesn't mean that you don't stop working. But what it means is that you're putting in a lot of effort, but you're not getting any results. You're working harder. And what happens in a mind and in a belief system that doesn't have God is that when you work and you have something, and it doesn't happen again. You work harder and harder and harder. And out of that comes out exhaustion. And out of that exhaustion, we lift up our hands and go, hey, I'm going to give up. But the Word of God says that in famine, even though the environment has changed, even though uh, things have decreased, I'm still going to prosper. Now, I need you to become aware of this is that the same famine, the same things that Isaac was going through are the same things you and I have. Uh, that, so let me just put in more a bit of context than this. The same environment that Isaac found himself, the same bombardment of thinking that Isaac found himself, the same um, attitude that he was surrounded with are the same attitudes that you and I face today. So Isaac, is. this is not just something on the offside. The same things coming against Isaac and the people around him are the same things coming against us. So it works like this. The things that has changed between where Isaac was and you and I are now are all material. So it works like this. So I'm dressed differently the way Isaac was. You know, if Isaac wanted to go, he had to hop on a donkey. I now hop into a car. If I want to go somewhere, a mode of transport has changed. Communications changed. But one thing that hasn't changed is this. It is the power and the spirit behind famine. It is the power and the spirit that takes away your joy, that takes away your hope, it's the same. Listen to this scripture. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, says this, For their minds have been blinded by the God of this age, leaving them in unbelief. Their blindness keeps them from seeing the dayspring light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the divine image of God. The Bible calls Satan, he's the God of this age. So, all the thoughts, all the bombardment, all the fears that Isaac faced is the same fears you and I are facing right now. It's the same. Okay, it's dressed differently, lives differently, eats differently, but it's the same spirit. And so what you have now is that you, the same power that produced a great victory for Isaac is the same power that you and I now have access to as well. So don't ever think about when you read the amazing um, breakthroughs in the Old Testament, that you go, oh, that was for back then. Back then they were fighting the same enemy as you and I are. Now, when Isaac... He comes up to the land of Gur. Now, as we learned last week, Gur means to drag, 
to drag away, to strive, chewed again and sent back down. So Ger is a place is when you are in famine and you believe you have no choice. The spirit of famine drags you down. And the Bible says, he said to Isaac, the Holy Spirit came up and said to him, now Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. The word Egypt, it means the temple of Peter. That was an Egyptian god who created and who created the world via his thought and word. He became a pattern, sorry, a patron or a craftsman. Thinking, speaking, creating. So the system was this is that he was brought down to Egypt. It wasn't a religious system he was brought, being brought down to. It wasn't just a geographical place, but it was a place where there was certain thinking, certain speaking, and creating. And God says to him this, it is this. See, Egypt means this. Let me give you a definition of what going down to Egypt means. It's a system of thinking. Is how you see the world, how to interact with it to produce a system that defines who you are, who defines your abilities and your purpose for existence. It's a system that is devoid, completely wanting and lacking the mind of God. So when we talk about Egypt, it is a system that is completely devoid of God. It is a system that tells you who you are, tells you how to live in certain environments, tells you how to hope, tells you how to live. It is a system of thinking, speaking, creating that is devoid of the mind of God, the power of God. Listen, Hosea 11 verse 1 says this, When Israel was a child, I loved him. I called my son out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. So what he was, that that scripture means, he took him out of one way of doing life. He took him out of way, well, this is the way you do life. This is the way you do marriage. This is the way you do business. This is the way you create. And God says, I took my son, Israel, out. And when he talks about speaking out, it's a system of thinking rather than some religion. So when we start to think about this, is that God in his mercy, God in his grace, starts to take out of a system that is devoid of God. Now, listen to me carefully here. Any system that is devoid of God will produce lasting lack. You got, you, got, you, goes, you got to go over and over again. It's called striving. You see, when you start talking about Isaac, he says during famine, his wealth or his blessing continued to grow in spite of. So there is a better way. That is a better way. Now, how does it all start? And it's, the Bible says, um, it tells, don't go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. See, the entrance to living in the supernatural is faith in God's word. The entrance into the supernatural 
is faith in God's word. And God gives him away. God says, I don't want you to go there, but I'm not going to leave you in a hole. I'm not going to leave you in limbo. But what it is, I'm going to give you another way. See, the, do as I say. God says this, my faith in my word is the entrance into the supernatural. It is an entrance into a power that is not affected by the famine. It is an entrance into a power that moves inside of famine, but is not affected by famine. One, see, one of the things was this. Understand this. What the covenant teaches us, that it is not affected by famine. See, God's promises, God's power, God's love is not affected by famine. And he says to Isaac, Isaac, here's the key. If you do as I tell you, you will prosper. If you go against the majority of thought, majority of all these things, that I will make you prosper. See, right now, Isaac is represented with a choice. He's represented where the covenant of God starts to take over. He's represented with this. He's saying, Isaac, as what I did to your dad, the covenant that I made with him, where all he did was to respond to what I have said, and he was successful. I am giving you the same covenant. I am giving you the same opportunities. I am giving it all to you. See, our faith works in famine. Now, let me give you Ted Fabianic's definition of famine. The spirit of famine always will drag you down to a system of thinking, speaking, living, and creating without God's power of intervention. So when he was being dragged to Egypt, it wasn't a geographic place, but it was the way you are thinking, the way you are speaking, the way you are creating will not give you a desired end. So God was saving Isaac. He was, he's also now saving you and I. He goes, I'm going to give you a brand new way. I'm going to give you a better way that you can still keep the momentum. You can still keep the joy moving in. Listen to Romans 2.11. For there is no partiality with God. Watch this. Right now, the covenant or God's love, God's grace shows no partiality. That means this to you. The way God worked with Abraham to give him a blessing, the way that God worked with Isaac to give him a blessing, the way that God worked with Jacob to give him a blessing is the same way he's going to work to you. So what worked the, the power of love and the power of the grace of the covenant of God what made Isaac thrive in a famine situation, what made Jacob thrive in a famine situation is right now available to you. And the key is this, is you need to respond to God's word. Is what is God saying? So if before you do anything, you stop and you go to God. God, I am going to trust in you. Listen to Proverbs 
chapter 3, verses 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you and He will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with Him in whatever you do and He will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore Him, with Him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that is wrong. So God says this, you don't, don't try to make something up. Don't try to go, I'm going to conjecture something up. God says this, the way you have a breakthrough, the way you find another way, is by coming to God and going, God, what is your word for this situation? God, I am in this situation. What do I step out on? God, what word do I step out on? So it, it starts to work with this, is that you remove yourself from people's opinions. You know what is amazing is how many people just have opinions. I, I, I learned my lesson about opinions in a football game. I remember uh, going and watch St. Kilda play Richmond. And uh, I was sitting behind about four ladies. And uh, when the game started... I realized I had over two hours of constant opinions. There was opinions about the weather. There was opinions on how he touched the ball. There was an opinions on the umpire. There was an opinion on the coaching. There was opinion on this. It was opinion, opinion, opinion. And I realized, here, here he is. Here's these people sitting down there that have never been in the match, but opinion, opinion, opinion. You can't live what others say. God says this, is that you come in, and you start to live out of what God has said. So we start to live. Listen to Psalm 27, 11. It says this, Now teach me, Yahweh, about your ways, and tell me what to do. Make it clear to me to understand, for I am surrounded by my enemies. I love that. Now teach me. Yahweh, about your ways, and tell me what to do. Make it clear to me, for I am surrounded by my enemies. So what we do in this time, whatever famine you find yourself in, is you go to God and go, God, what is the word for this situation? What scripture are you giving me? What do you want me to meditate on? So we got all of these different opinions happening from here to here to here to here. But God says for your breakthrough, it's the word of God. It's the power of God. It's a new way of thinking. See, when God called us out of Egypt, he said, in Egypt, you learned who you are, you learned why you existed. You learned how to think. You learned how to create. But God says, I'm bringing you into my new kingdom, my new kingdom that is powered by my covenant that I have given, that I have guaranteed. Listen to this for your assurance. In Galatians 3, 29, it says this, And if you belong to Christ, then are you now Abraham's child and a true heir of all his blessings because of the promise that God made to Abraham. And if you belong to Christ, then you are now Abraham's child. 
a true heir of all his blessings because of the promise of God made to Abraham. Because you are in Christ right now, because you have given your life to God, you are now rightly positioned to stand where Abraham stood and let God speak to you. See, because you are a child of Abraham, your expectation is now, God, speak to me, and I'm listening. God, I will respond in faith. So here's your promise. Here's the revelation that in famine, Abraham prospered. You have now come down the lineage of the famine-breaking Brand new way to live that is not dependent upon another system of famine, of power, of working, hardness, and just, just trying to make it through the day. But God has now given us a new way. And the new way is because we are of the seed of Abraham, because we have a covenant that we can receive the supernatural Word of God that opens up the supernatural and changes our environment of famine. Whatever famine you may be facing this morning, whether it's a famine of love, whether it's a famine of health, whether it's a famine of finances, whether it's a famine of creativity, whether it's a famine that you're working on a contract but you cannot seem to have a breakthrough, whether it's a famine of you starting a business in in this environment and going, well, what have I started? But the good news is this, that God is offering you a better way. And you know what the better way is? His name is Jesus. The better way is God. God says, I will give you my word. Jesus says, the word and I are one. So God right now is intervening. God's standing in front of you right now and is asking you, I want you to stand there. I want you to open your spiritual ears. I want you to listen to my word. I want you to agree in faith and you're going to see a breakthrough. So right now, wherever you are, What's the better way? It's God's Word. It's God Himself. He's coming up to you right now, but you need to stop. See, what Isaac did, he stopped. And the moment he stopped, God started to speak. So right now, why don't we just stop our striving? Why don't we stop all of those things that we have been trying to do and listen to God's Word, God's grace, God's unconditional love, God's permanent covenant, God's promise of covenant, a covenant that is, that is taken out and put into reality by faith, is this, is God's here right now. Right wherever you are right now, I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe and I'm going to stand with you that God is going to speak His word to you. God's going to manifest his word to you. And as in Isaac, you will be able to say, when everything else was decreasing, I was increasing. Let's pray. Father, I just really want to thank you this morning. Father, you are amazing. Father, you're a covenant-keeping God. And Father, right now, we stop. Father, right now, we stop whatever circumstance we find. 
whatever famine that we are in, we stop and we, Father, we hear, God, I'm here, speak to me. God, I'm here to speak to you. It says, if you're sick, the covenant speaks. Is this. It says, by my stripes, you were healed. If you're in financial difficulty, the Bible says that he will supply all your needs according to his riches in heaven. Whatever situation you find yourself in, there is the word of God. There is the word of God. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus we just thank you for amazing breakthroughs. Father, we just thank you that you are for us. You are not against us. And so, Father, right now, I just pray that the covenant of God would explode within our hearts, that, Father God, we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that, Father, we're coming out of one system into a brand new system. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I come and I declare absolute freedom in this famine. In whatever famine you are in, I declare the victory of God because God has already spoken to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior so that you can enter this covenant, all the Bible tells us, all God tells us is this, if you will believe in your heart that God sent Him for you, that he died for you, that he rose from the dead for me, you will be saved. And if you've never done that, why don't you just pray this prayer with me? Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe that you sent Jesus for me. I believe that Jesus suffered for my sins, my sicknesses, and my poverty and died on the cross. I believe that he was risen from the dead for me. And right now, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and believed in your heart, hey, welcome to the family. And uh, if you've done that for the first time or you, you might have done it a long while ago and you failed to do it again, look, why don't you send us a line? You'll see a link uh, at the end of this message. We'd love to share with you, pray with you, uh, give you a gift and just see you thrive in the kingdom of God. Hey, well, God bless you and we'll see you next week.